And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and as usual I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts Hodgie and Gray. How are you, lads? Hello, mate. Good, how are you? Pretty miserable, actually. <laughs> pretty, pretty miserable, but we'll get into that fairly swiftly. How have your weekends been? What have you been up to? Watching the show that was put on yesterday. Wow. Yeah, it's been it so far, and it's not been the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my highlight's going to be going to Sainsbury's later on. <laughs> Says that. Gray, where have you been this weekend? I spent five hours in the car yesterday, just in time to, to get back to watch a match, which was great fun. Where were you driving from? The Cotswolds. What's that? Oxfordshire. Nah, I'm only taking the piss. <laughs> I sound dead ignorant when it comes to southern geography, but I do actually live down south, so I do know most of these things. Cotswolds, it's in Spain somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, not far. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I've just had an alert from Hodgie that I should be doing the socials up front this time, which I always forget to do. Hey, there you go, Hodge. I do see. I do remember. Well, I don't remember, actually. I was just prompted by Hodgie quite aggressively, <laughs> so let's get the socials out of the way. Right, you can find us on all major podcasting platforms, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. We'd appreciate if you give us a follow and a five-star review if you're feeling super fucking generous. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, on Facebook and on YouTube by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. I think that's all of them, isn't it, Hodge? Yeah? Sounds good to be. Yeah, thanks very much. Like it, right? Someone's been practicing. <laughs> well, you know, in the mirror. <laughs> right, well, before we get into it, lots to talk about, obviously, but before we do so, my starter question. I think I went to Grey last time, so I'll go Hodge this time. There's a 90% chance I've done this one already, so let's just go for it. Hodgie, top three things on a full English breakfast. Oh, that's good. That's a really good one. We haven't done this one, actually. Thank you very much. I definitely didn't steal it from another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. It's good. Thank you. Got to have bacon, number one. That's got to be on there. Good shout. Poached eggs, definitely number oh. two. Ooh. And baked beans. Interesting. But it has to be Heinz. Can't be none of these random fucking little flavors of beans, man. There's only one flavor of beans you can have. It's Heinz. All the way. Well, I was, I was going to say, there's the constant argument. Is it Branston or is it Heinz? I don't know. Gray strikes me as a Branston's kind of man for some reason. I don't know what it is. I just can't stand baked beans in general. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Hodge, you're going with bacon, poor cheese, and baked beans. 
Uh, you don't have anything like stodgy in there. That comes later, though. If you were only to have those three things, they'd look quite disappointing. I would prefer like have like some bread, bacon, then poached egg on top. But you said three out of the whole English breakfast. I'm hoping I'm getting everything. No, this isn't just what we're eating for the rest of our lives for breakfast, is it? It's like no. If you could only have three things, okay, right. But you, you've locked in. You locked in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Monsieur Alice Gray, top three things on a full English brekker. Alice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, Les. So have to be oh it's a tough one sausage or bacon probably bacon hash brown and fried egg hash brown's a shout it is a good shout bacon hash brown and fried egg okay yeah. nice that's good in like a wrap itself like a breakfast wrap oh i love a breakfast wrap right so gray's locked in with what was it bacon hash brown and fried egg another yeah. good shout bacon wouldn't be on my top three you know i'm a i'm more of a sausage man <laughs> So, <laughs> fake meat sausage or real sausage, Will? Stop exposing me, Hodgie. <laughs> yeah, we have to be a normal sausage, because normal sausages are the goat. I'd probably go sausage, hash brown as well. And Hodgie, I'm with you. I'd go baked beans. Mm. I think that's quite a nice little combo, like sausage, hash brown, and baked beans. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's good. It's making me incredibly hungry as we're recording at <laughs> half nine on a Sunday morning. So <laughs> I know what I'm having after this. I've got none of those three things that I've said in the house that are so disappointing. <laughs> but you have to add them to your Sainsbury's order later. Yeah, true, true. Right, plenty to talk about in this episode. Unfortunately, not all the good things we have been discussing over the last few weeks have been brought back down to earth, I would say, in quite catastrophic fashion. Things to talk about this episode. Obviously, yesterday we played Liverpool at home, get on to that result and the, the game itself. And also we've got one eye, well, now two firm eyes on the Carabao Cup final. So yeah, I guess we get straight onto it. Hodgie, I know you were at the match yesterday. Do you want to give us your thoughts? Let's start with the result. First of all, you can be the bearer of bad news and then we'll get on to the key moments in the game. Yeah, so the result obviously didn't go our way. 2-0 down after, was it 17 minutes, I think? Obviously not the best, but the first nine minutes before Darwin Nunes scored, bottle that up and inject that into my veins like that was yeah. unbelievable combined with the atmosphere of the stadium because we we're all up for it at the start round of applause for christian atsu who sadly lost his life we were treated to mm-hmm. a you'll never walk alone rendition by the liverpool fans which was quite touching nice touch from them yeah and then it started off at electric pace we pressed we did everything correctly apart from just putting the ball in the back of the net miggy had a chance early on which could have changed the whole mapping of the game and then liverpool kind of came back after that we had no real answer to their kind of long ball over the top, mm. which caught Fabian Cher napping, not only kind of once, but twice in the game for their second goal as well. And it's quite annoying that Darwin Nunes and Gakpo, the two people who were the bought in and haven't been firing, actually go and score against us. That's pretty annoying. But then after that, I, th- I thought it was going to be a really big uphill struggle. But we actually played better with 10 men. Mm. Turned to Nick and was like, look, this next 60 minutes is going to be such a hard watch. And I was half thinking, should I just go to the bar? <laughs> just drown me <laughs> sorrows straight away. We actually played much better. We were a lot tighter until kind of the last couple of minutes when you could tell everyone was absolutely knackered. But we had some cracking chances, even in the second half. Dan Byrne had an effort off the bar. ASM, I think, had one tipped on the bar. Yeah, ASM had a great little cut in and ball was going top bins and Alisson just managed to get a, a touch to it. So in all... Did the result go our way? No, but was I super disappointed after 90 minutes? Not really, to be fair. like I thought Liverpool just didn't really look like they turned up. Obviously, they were 2-0 ahead against 10 men. They weren't going to push it, you know what I mean? But mm. we definitely still had a good share of the game. We had more shots in the end. Yeah, it was a bit of a mental game, to be honest. Conceding goals and going behind is not a feeling I'm now used to. 
So being so catastrophically behind after such a short amount of time was such a shock to the system. But I had a feeling it was coming. We were obviously overdue it for a very long time. And it kind of brings us back down to earth. But as you say, Hodge, there are a lot of positives to take away from the game. One thing you forgot to mention or didn't mention, obviously you mentioned Christian Atsu, really, really sad news, but also there was a really nice tribute to Bobby Robson. They had a huge flag display, war flags, put on a great display for Bobby Robson on his 90th birthday. So it was just a really nice setting for the game, apart from obviously the sad undertones. Did you? Yeah, I didn't get into the stadium until um, like two minutes before. Gray, that could be why I didn't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the fact it's all over social media and TV. and Yeah, yeah, it's harder to miss it, I think, to be honest. But yeah, a really, really nice tribute from the club. So another thing that they've just continued to do really well. But in terms of kind of those key moments, as you say, Hodge, every single key moment was a result of a long ball when you break it down. So, mm. well, not a long ball. The, the second goal, obviously, was just a little chip, chip over the top. But there's kind of similar undertones that we didn't deal with the ball over the top so first ball yeah he's found darwin nunez i thought it was a handball clearly wasn't a handball it was just a good goal in the end from them then of course that cheeky little ball over the top from salah into gakpo gakpo yeah, yeah. who finishes it and then nick pope the real <laughs> devastating news yeah obviously nick pope comes out playing his sweeper keeper role You've got to feel for him because he was obviously going for a header. The ball hadn't quite fallen right. He was trying to head it on the ground. And then I don't know what happened. He kind of heads it into his own hands. But then I don't know if like some goalkeeping instinct kicks in and he just decides to grab the ball and makes the decision very, very easy for the referee. Gray, what were your thoughts on the Nick Pope red card? 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 Red, red card. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's certainly a red card, isn't it? Let's be real. But he was pretty unlucky. I think he just misread it slightly and the ball did seem to almost spin off the pitch a little bit, which mm. spun it away from him. And obviously he'd already committed to the, I guess, call it a diving header, shall we say. And that just meant that he just completely misjudged it. And if he hadn't tried to grab it after it hit his arm, he might have got away with just a yellow card. Do you think it was just instinct that kicked in? Because you can't imagine he would have intentionally grabbed the ball. I don't really know. I think he's conceded two goals in the first 20 minutes and I think he's possibly just overthinking it and instinct kicks in to grab the ball in that position. When you're one-on-one with one of the best players in the world, you're going to do what you can to stop him. And yeah, I think he's just unfortunate. But we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place, (laughs) unfortunately, against a team who we know are very, very quick on the counter-attack and have always played counter-attacking football, even though they like to dominate possession. They've done that ball to Salah so many times yeah. and it's so effective. It came from Allison, didn't it? Yeah. But that's what he does. He just pumps it long and what Salah does quite well is he pulls back so it looks like he's going to be quite deep, but then just turns and goes. It just gives Allison that option and it really makes defenders panic. So it's interesting to see how you can really combat that. Especially from corners, which I think that came from. Mm. Like we're playing against Liverpool, instead of putting nine men in the box and one just outside, let's just go old-fashioned and if they've got Salah hovering around the edge of the box, just stick someone on the halfway line to cover it. Your quickest yeah. player, ideally. Or two. Yeah. Yeah, put fucking Trippier on him or whatever. Which I think, I don't know whether it was Sean Longstaff that was tracking back. Yeah, it was Longstaff that was on him. Who had a pretty poor game. But again, we'll, we'll come on to that. There are some arguments to say, and it's quite controversial, that there was potentially another man back. So Nick Pope wasn't the last man. So it could have been a yellow card. Do we think that's just... Clutching nah, at straws, yeah, I think it's deliberate handball, isn't it? Yeah. It is. He is the last man as well, so you can't even complain on that front. Like, but if you look at it, he doesn't need to head it. He could literally run through and just Poof it. get a knee to it. Get you could get a leg to it easy. So it's, it's obviously just a bit of a blood in that instance. And then obviously trying to grab it on the floor has not helped his cause, has it really? Yeah. 
And then Dubravka has to come on, makes a pretty good save as his first touch of the ball. I think he looked like a pretty sure pair of hands when he did come on. Mm. It's just a shame that he is unavailable to play in the Carabao Cup final as he's already played in the competition for our opponents in the Carabao Cup final, Man United. Is that yeah. looking a bit like a silly decision now to loan him out, Hodge? Uh, you don't look at that far in the future, I guess. So, I mean, obviously now... We didn't have a crystal ball, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, kind of, I suppose. But if a player's making waves, it's that hard balance of, look, well, you are number two. Well, look, I want to leave. Okay, great. He has some loan time to kind of maybe keep you occupied. But it's a strange one that we let him go to Man U, but I think we covered that a couple of episodes kind of ago. So it's just unfortunate. I think we're just in a bit of a sticky situation and... Loris Carrius or Gillespie's going to have to step up. Yeah, I mean, it's positive to know that we will have Dubravka available for the league. Mm. And is it just one game that Nick Pope misses? It's three, isn't it? Straight red. I think it might be three. Well, I read something that it might just be one game. I don't know. Well, for goalkeepers, different. But I think we have a, a pretty able deputy in the league in Martin Dubravka. So that I'm not too worried about. Obviously, as we say... The real question is going to be who's going to be between the sticks for the final on Sunday. Uh, Loris Carrius' last game <laughs> for a Premier League team was a Real Madrid game, Champions League final. And his Mark- infamous. Yeah, is one where he just had a shocker. And then Mark Gillespie's was a 1-1 draw with Newport County. Yeah, not the best calibre. Mm. But, you know, there's lots of people saying on Twitter, hopefully it's an, an amazing redemption arc for Loris Carrius. Absolutely gutted, by the way, for Nick Pope. He has been so instrumental to our success so far this season and has been an absolute legend since he's come in. I'm so gutted that he will not be able to walk out with the rest of the guys on Sunday at Wembley. Can't even imagine what's going through his head or what was going through his head last night, but he's a true pro. He'll probably put it behind him and there's hopefully lots more success to come for him later to down the line. If Man United win as well, Martin Dubravka gets a winner's medal. That'll go down well at the uh, training ground, won't it? <laughs> yeah, you better put that straight in the fucking bin if he does get that. <laughs> My feeling is that it's going to be Loris Carrius, given that he's had more minutes, admittedly, in friendlies for Newcastle, but he's just a higher calibre of goalkeeper, I would say, and has a better pedigree. Gray, do you think it's going to be Gillespie or Carrius? I think it probably will be Carrius, because he played in the friendlies at Saudi Arabia during the World Cup. Didn't he? He had a couple of good games. Yes, I'd be surprised if it was Gillespie. And also, if it is Gillespie, then what's the point of having Carrius in the squad? Mm. Why pick four goalkeepers? And the decision to let Darlow go now is looking a bit... But again, you can't look into the future. We don't all have crystal balls, but we are where we are. Lots of positives to take away from the game. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
as you say, Hodge, we should have been one nil up after about ten minutes. A great save from Allison, but do you think Miggy should be putting that away? And do you think we should be one nil up? And do you think that changes the total complexion of the game? In the form that he has been in, and the goals that he scored this year, for sure, I think Miggy will be upset with himself that he didn't manage to put that in because that would have definitely changed maybe Liverpool's game plan, given us mm. a little bit of that added confidence. So, hundred percent, I think it would have changed the outlook of the game and the result in the end. I think Allison was probably their best fucking player in the end, wasn't he? Made some absolutely worldy saves by far. It was between him and ASM for me as man of the match. Uh, I'm glad ASM got it because it showed the desire that we had with obviously let ten men. But I mean, Allison definitely kept them in the game with numerous saves. Yeah, on that point, ASM. I mean, he's quite often been accused of shying away and not being up for the challenge, and you know, being a bit of a peripheral player when it comes to like really hard fought battles. He really, really stepped up to the plate when we needed him to. I mean, obviously the game had gone by that point, but to keep us in the game, it was almost as if the weight was off his shoulders when we were 2 nil down and he could just go out and play his normal game. And he was just allowed to kind of roam and play wherever he wanted. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic, which fills me with quite a bit of hope for the final next weekend. Obviously, if we talk about the events in the match, Nick Pope gets sent off. Elliot Anderson is then hoiked off in place of Dubravka. Then we've got to change things around a little bit. I agree, Hodge. I think we played much better as a 10-man unit than we did with 11 men. But particular highlights would be ASM for that game, wouldn't they, Gray? Yeah, and I think he did exactly what we've all been calling out for, especially in the last episode. We just wanted him to have that bit of freedom, that almost burden off his shoulders, which just seemed to have lifted a bit. But even before we had Pope sent off, he seemed to be Doing that, he seemed to be well really lively. The, the ball seemed to be going down the left-hand side a lot more than it usually does, which was good to see. And he was running at Trent Alexander-Arnold and actually giving him a lot of issues. And they had to double up on him pretty quickly. It was just so, so good to see. It just reminded me of when we were at Ashley and the banners which were being held up around the ground were saying, we don't demand a team that wins, we demand a team that tries. That's exactly what ASM has been doing in these last couple of games. He's been giving it his absolute all to show that he's actually deserving of a starting position. And it's really hard to criticise him, to see the effort and the running he put in yesterday and the chances he created when we were down to 10 men. The number of times he was either one on four. Him and Isaac just gave us so much options going up front. For about 85 minutes of that game, I thought we could actually sneak something out of this. So just thrilled for the bloke and hopefully he does get a start next week. So yeah, hopefully he's silenced a lot of critics with uh, yesterday's performance. It was one to behold. It was indeed. It was good to see some of the old gang coming back together as well. Like Matt Ritchie came on, Jacob Murphy came on, and actually I think had a really good game for the time he was on. Shored up that defence. I think he came on for Trippier in the last stage of the game, but Jacob Murphy came on, broke up play a lot, was playing a lot of good balls into the front men. Anthony Gordon came on and he was a usual kind of, let's go forward, let's not go backwards. A few of his passes went astray, but that attacking intent was there. As you say, I think there were a lot of positives to take from the game when we were down to 10 men. Just pleased to see Richie come back on for a little bit. Thought he was an able deputy. Hodge, you've got a point. Yeah, Gordon, when he came on, was an interesting one. He, he started off with a bit about him, but I think he was trying a little bit too hard against, obviously, a firm rival in Liverpool for him. But it, again, like there is promise coming from there. I think it was quite an interesting thing where we had who starts, ASM or, or Gordon. And I think ASM basically come out to prove everybody wrong yesterday. That was really, really mm. good to see. It was indeed. One point as well I'm very pleased about, we talked about on the last podcast that Joe Linton was one yellow card away from being suspended for the final. He managed to get through unscathed, but also had a very good game as well. 
again, just the rock at the heart of our midfield at the minute. But unscathed, I think he was taken off as a precaution towards the yeah. end of the game. Had obviously had to put in a big old shift being one man down. So good that he will be available and ready to partner Bruno in midfield for the final next weekend. Yes, so I think a lot of positives to take, but another big negative that Gray highlighted, so we'll come to you on this one, Gray. Squad depth. I've talked about how it's kind of nice to see Richie come on, nice to see Murphy come on, and they did play a little part, but does it really highlight, as we've talked about before, our lack of squad depth? And outside of that ideal starting eleven, we just don't have a team or depth that's really up to the challenge of where we are in the league. Yeah, and I think that was probably highlighted from our starting eleven with Anderson making a start, which is good to see. But we are technically only two midfielders down in Willick and Bruno. Then we have Joe Linton dropping back in, and he's doing an incredible job for us. But how I seem to prefer to play him in a slightly more advanced position. So it feels like we are a little bit short, and I don't think Anderson is quite ready yet. He's got a lot of promise, a lot of potential. He's just felt like he's thrown in at the deep end a little bit against Liverpool. I mean, unfortunately, pulled off after 20 minutes, so it would have been good to see him actually get some game time and see how he performed. Yeah, and then you look at Trippier comes off. We then play Jacob Murphy at right back, who, again, had a good game. His consistency can be hit and miss, but he gives it his all. And then to have Richie coming on for Joe Linton, as good a player as he is, as consistent as he has been for us over the years. He has picked up a few injuries, hasn't had a lot of minutes. And I just worry that we pick up another injury in midfield or another suspension. Then, yeah, we are we're seriously short. Same up front. You've got Isaac and Wilson, who seem to be rotating at the moment. Well, Wilson's obviously had a few, few injury issues. But, yeah, if one of them goes down and then another picks up a little niggle or something where we're just seriously short, we seem to have probably a squad of about 15, 16 players to pick from. As soon as we lose a couple, we're just into the don't want to call them reserves because they are squad players, but not the caliber of player who could probably maintain our current league position and the performances we're putting in. Yeah, I think overall looking at it, we'd probably argue that we came out of the January transfer market weaker rather than stronger, letting people like John Joe Shelby go. And in hindsight, it would have been good to have someone like John Joe and maybe even Chris Wood, who got the equalizer against fucking Man City yesterday. It would have been good to have him in the squad. But we are where we are. Anyway, yeah, so one player we haven't talked about is Alexander Izak. Hodge, what were your thoughts on Izak's performance yesterday? He seemed a little bit alive. I don't know if he's actually like an out-and-out number nine as such. I think I would prefer to see him a bit wider, but he was feeding off balls kind of through over the top. It seemed quite comfortable with his feet. I think he had a solid game. I don't think he set the world light. I think he's probably working at like a, probably a seven and a half out of ten for me if I was going to give him a rating. But, I mean, it's, he's still learning the game in England, really, I suppose. It's different to what he's been used to in the past. But I think he's taken to it like a duck to water. I just want to see him really kick on now and, and grab a couple of goals from kind of open play and look to link up and get a couple more assists. I think he's he's looking like he's going to be a very well, solid player. He better be at 70 million quid or whatever he was, 60 million quid. Um, yeah, but I think you're right. I think it's a good point. He's still getting used to the game over here. He's not exactly been a, a regular or consistent in the team given his injuries. So it might be that he just needs to get back up to speed or, or up to speed, I should say fairly quickly um but yeah hopefully still promising signs to see from him obviously it wasn't the ideal situation for him to go on and, and try and win a game most of his duties were defensive yesterday but again we've got a front three that looked pretty tasty on the counter-attack um so let's hope they can uh, they're on 
all they're all firing next week. Actually, on that question, on sorry, on that point. So for the Carabao Cup final, and this is just going to be a one or the other question. Go to Gray first. Who would you prefer to see starting at number nine? Would you prefer Isaac or would you prefer Callum Wilson? Probably have to say Wilson. He's like he's been out of form, I guess, for the last few weeks since the World Cup and things. But he does back against he, West Ham. He, he did, and hopefully that's. And then unfortunately had to miss a week through through a little niggle or injury or illness, whatever it was. But yeah, he. I don't know. He just rents his socks off, and I think he, as much as anyone in the squad, will be up for the fight and will just take it to to Man United and just run his socks off for the 60, 70 minutes. And then Isaac comes on and just gives us a completely different dimension up front, which, yeah, I think plays really well and it's worked for us in the past. So, yeah, that's probably what I'd go for. Right, you're going, Wilson. Hodgie, who is leading the line for you against Man United next week? Uh, I think I'd start Wilson as well. Um He's, he's. I think he came out saying like he has been kind of nursing like some sort of hamstring uh, problem, but that's kind of why he wasn't started yesterday. It was just to kind of keep him primed, I guess, and give him a little bit of a run out yesterday just to test the waters, which he seemed to be okay. He was running around. He was he was kind of just being his normal kind of self. Um, I think Isaac, or Isaac has been good off the bench. He's been a good impact player um, just with his kind of energy and, and, and the way that he direct runs. So I see Wilson starting and then potentially Isaac being played later in the game. Yeah, I think Wilson suits our, our system a bit better, is able to kind of really dominate that front line, bring those balls down and play them off to oncoming players like Miggy and ASM, for example. And he's a bit more of a bully as well. As you say, his physical presence. Yeah, he'll shit up the Man United defenders a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you need in a cup final. And I can really see Wilson stepping up to the occasion providing he is fit. So let's hope for that. What are our thoughts for the, for the final? I mean, a bit of a knock to the confidence that Liverpool lost yesterday. How are you feeling? Feeling confident or are you now feeling more nervous than you probably would have done a couple of weeks ago? I'm feeling more nervous, but it would be one hell of a redemption arc for Loris Carrius to come back in straight into a final and be man of the match. Save a penalty. Oh God, imagine that would be the best. But yeah, I mean... It's a final. It's a good competition. Literally anything can happen. It's all about what that one game on the day. There's no no bars hold. So book it. Why not just give it to them? No bars hold like that. Hodgie <laughs> again inventing sayings as we go I along. I don't even <laughs> know what it was, but it came it came to me, and I don't have a clue what it is. <laughs> something 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 bars. No holds barred. Yeah, something about something. Great. Yeah, I think you're right. There's lots of opportunities. I think we're definitely the underdogs now going into this match. The only thing is, form's not really been going our way. And yes, there were positives from that match yesterday as we're playing 10 men, but that's a very strange situation. And if we look at our last seven games or whatever now, one win in the last seven, I think, fucking five draws and a loss now, it's not the best form going into a final and we don't have our strongest team available. Obviously, Bruno will be back. Actually, I say that. It's only really Nicky Pope we're missing now. Bruno will be back. Hopefully Wilson's available. That should be back up to a full-strength squad, shouldn't we, Gray? You'd think so. Not having Pope is going to be a big miss, but we've only conceded two, well, four goals in our past eight matches. So actually, he's had to make one or two really important saves, but actually he hasn't had to make 
many saves. So hopefully our, our back four in midfield can do their job and protect the goal as much as possible while hopefully providing a bit more of a threat up front. And I think everyone's probably seen the stats about Bruno and how much our goals per game increases when he's on the pitch. So hopefully he'll provide mm. that magic spark. Got to be excited. We can't put any pressure on the team. We didn't expect to be there. So let's just go and have a great day out. Yeah, I'm so nervous, man. But also, I don't know how to feel. Obviously, there was finals back in the late 90s, one of which I went to, but had no idea what the fuck was going on because I was too young. (laughs) (laughs) This like first final as an adult, I don't know how the hell I'm going to be feeling. But on the day, I know I'm going to be very, very nervous. But it should be a great experience. Great, as you say, regardless of what happens. And hopefully it's the first of many cup finals that we've got coming up. I think that just about rounds it up. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of recording for the final, but we'll sort something out. Did anyone else have anything to add before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. No, not really. There is a little stat, though. Liverpool are the only team that can beat us twice this year in the league. Every other team that we've played, we've either won or drawn. We can't lose to any other people twice, which is quite nice. That is a good stat. I was really hoping we were going to fucking stick one to Liverpool after the reverse fixture in Anfield when they won in the, what was it, the 131st minute or something. <laughs> uh, some ridiculous like that. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. So best of luck to the lads on Sunday. Very nervous, but they're professionals. Gray, as you say, we've got the best defence in the league still. And hopefully they can protect whoever deputises in goal for Nick Pope, who was unfortunate to get sent off uh, yesterday. I say unfortunate. Probably deserved it. It's unfortunate for us as Newcastle fans. Um, but that just about wraps us up for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't have to do the socials now, which is great. And we will <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. See you later. See you all in London. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.